Dominion's Eric Coomer was actually recorded on a conference call with Antifa members saying that he has made sure that Donald Trump will not win the election. Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. We welcome back to the show our good friend and favorite activist and suitingly for the topic of the day, the an election integrity activist from Georgia, which is the center of the most important issue, the presidential election, Garland Favorito. Garland, thank you for coming back to the show. How are you? Hey, Monica, doing great. Thank you for having me back. Uh, good to see you, Binkley. That's um, interested. Uh, interesting week going on here in Georgia. Yes, I'm dying to. All week I've been wanting to talk to you. Can you give us an update on what's happened since the last time we talked? Wow. Well, since the last time we've talked, and um, we started a recount. I think the president has asked for a recount now, and this is only going to rescan the previous uh, unverifiable results. It's going to rescan the votes in the barcode, and then which are the in-person votes, and then it'll rescan the um, absentee ballots. Uh, but um, basically, that's all it's going to do. However, it opens the door for the president to challenge um, ballots. And uh, we, uh, I think I mentioned to you last time, there appeared to be some invalid ba- ballots, potentially fraudulent ballots that were counted in the election. So um, I'm expecting to see a court order this week to look at these ballots and find out if, in fact, they are fraudulent or not. Um, so it's going to be a huge week uh, upcoming, Monica. There are going to be um, uh, set probably three different hearings. Uh, we think that uh, uh, Sydney Powell is going to have a hearing this week. The court's going to give them a hearing, uh, her and her lawsuit. We know that the Lynn Wood is, case is going to be heard on appeal which I believe that's the 11th Circuit in U.S. District Court. Um, And then there's going to be a legislative hearing at the Capitol, which I think is scheduled for Thursday morning at about 9.30. Don't know what room yet. And that's going to be similar to the legislative hearing that they had in Pennsylvania, where the president's uh, attorneys presented some information and they had a lot of local witnesses. So it, so uh, if you think that we have been the epicenter of the presidential election before, this week we are probably really going to be the epicenter even more. Well, let me, do you, what do you know about that court filing that Sidney Powell made in Georgia? I know it's 103 pages and it was just recently made. I haven't got a chance to go through it yet. Have you? Yeah, I have gone through it, uh, Brad. So um, – it, it, it has a lot of information in there, but there's a lot more that's not in there that will come out, I think, as her, her uh, lawsuit was saying that they're literally adding information and, uh, you know, on an hourly basis, practically. So um, a lot of the, her challenge will be around absentee ballot processing and the uh, discrepancies there. There's been so many people who have said that they were told when they got to the polls that they had already voted, when in fact they hadn't. Um, so there's going to be some emphasis on on that um, signature uh, ver- verification, that sort of thing, invalid valid voters. 
Um, so I think that's going to be the focus of her lawsuit, probably more so than the question of Dominion counting the votes correctly, although I think that will be a part of it, but um, probably not as much. I have a question about this recount versus the audit. Will there be an opportunity for the precincts to verify their count this time, unlike last time? Oh, that's a great question, Monica. And um, so <laughs> it's kind of a yes and no type of thing. So this this time, the precincts will give their results to the Secretary of State as normal. However, in this time, all they're doing is recounting, or actually they're just rescanning the barcodes. So what they're going to essentially do is to give the Secretary of State most likely the same uh, counts that they had for the most part in the in the previous um, election results. So what has never been given to the Secretary of State is their counts of, from the audit which was the hand count to verify whether Dominion was counting correctly or not. They don't have those, as you're pointing out, Monica, and they don't. Uh, the Secretary of State then told them to certify the electronic results, not the results of their hand count. So it sort of defeated the whole purpose of the audit. Um, so that's kind of where we are on that. And there were no, so there was no change in the number because he just went with the number that was already out there. Well, uh, yeah, that's basically right. Now, there were some um, changes because people, um, some counties failed to scan all the votes. They missed a memory card or there was a technical problem with the Dominion software. So in those cases, if what the instructions were is that if all the ballots were not counted, then the instructions were to count all the ballots. However, that doesn't account for the possibility of votes being swapped between President Trump and former Vice President Biden. And we do know just from our own research that that happened in at least one county uh, where Trump votes were, were swapped to Biden and the secretary told them to certify the original results, which had the inflated Biden totals. How so, did votes get swapped? Like, well, what's the that's mechanism what, for that? Yeah, so there's three possibilities, Mike, unless we kind of do a forensic uh, investigation, we really don't know. Um, there is the possibility of vote swapping malware that literally just swaps every 10th vote from one candidate to another or every fifth I, vote. I think, isn't that what they said happened in 2004 with Kerry versus Bush in Ohio? There was like a kingpin or something that literally swapped the votes. Are you familiar with that narrative? Um, so, well, there's there's several. This has been um, there's been talk about this for literally decades. You know, like yeah. you said, all the way back to 2004 uh, with the Debo program that's we call Fraction Magic, uh, but it's never actually been proven because the the secretaries of state uh, will not. Uh, will not have transparent elections. So anytime there's a question that comes up, the Secretary of State and election officials always cover up and they don't allow a true forensic investigation that could prove it uh, one way or another. 
Okay. Um, so that that's part, one possibility. The other possibility is it could be a, a ballot definition mismatch um, that could occur on certain machines, um, and that's kind of like a user error that the software should have caught and detected, but it didn't. Um, so that's the the second uh, possibility uh, for votes being swapped between the two candidates. And Let me ask you a third? question. I saw a story about this that said that Kanye West was not allowed on one of the ballots in, I believe it might have been Wisconsin, because mm-hmm. of a similar exact match law that applies in Georgia that the Republicans are claiming is unconstitutional. Kanye West, on the other hand, in Wisconsin, they did not allow him to be on the ballot for the same reason. The Democrats, the Democrats were pushing for to not let Kanye West be on the ballot. Meanwhile, in Georgia, a similar law, they are applying that law where the Republicans are challenging it in the same way that the Democrats were challenging the law in Wisconsin. But they're they're basically hypocritical. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, well, um, I, I can tell you a couple of things, frankly. The, um, and I haven't followed that very closely in Wisconsin because there's so much going on in Georgia. But one of the things that we have been advocating here in Georgia for decades is for ballot access, uh, equal ballot access to put put your candidates on the ballot. Let's say, for example, uh, I'm, I'm, being, I'm in the Constitution Party. We had to run our candidate as a write-in because the, we were not allowed to have that candidate on the ballot. Um, even though we had won a federal lawsuit that reduced the signature requirements, they're still ex- incredibly restrictive. So you have to get tens of thousands of signatures just to get a, a name on the ballot here in in Georgia. It's very it's overly restrictive. We have the probably the the most restrictive ballot access requirements in the in the country for candidates. So uh, that is what's keeping other candidates off the ballot in Georgia. Uh, I'm not really quite familiar with Wisconsin law uh, to as to know why he was denied up there. Um, but it, it may have to do with uh, petition signature requirements, which is okay, what we just, face here in Georgia. I wanted to just clarify something from a minute ago. Uh, I asked how did, could votes actually get swapped, and you suggested there were three ways, malware, a ballot definition mismatch. Was there a third way? Well, the other the other thing that we're looking into, which is not necessarily a vote swapping uh, thing, but a, a potential for fraud, is the absentee ballot harvesting, um, the making of of invalid ballots, and then checking somebody off of the rolls as voting that ballot when they didn't really vote it. Uh, that's kind of an inside job. That's more of a um, a, a clerical thing than a software. Um, uh, software uh, malware. So any one of those three things could have changed the outcome of the election. Two of them could swap votes from Trump to Biden or vice versa. Um, The third one would just be essentially uh, a more of an electronic form of ballot stuffing that used to to occur in the past. So there seems to me, I've always been skeptical of election integrity. I've always thought that there was shenanigans. I remember the Al Franken thing really seemed crazy to me. And there just there always seemed to be issues. 
yet this time the issue seemed to be blatant and i wondered if you thought that was unusual is the reason it's being such a stink is that it's such a, a fine line or because trump doesn't uh won't you know accept defeat i i actually hate that argument because if he if he wasn't defeated he shouldn't accept defeat that just makes no sense but i just wonder why it seems like such a why it's getting so much attention this time is it because trump is fighting back or because it's been so obvious like I, what do you think's really what's different this time yeah exactly so so uh trump has put more he is he has basically shined the spotlight on election integrity by fighting back so all of a sudden all of these things that have been wrong for decades are now coming out and everybody can see what's wrong so it's been great for election integrity um and and um you know, regardless of what side you are on, uh, it's really going to hopefully clean things up eventually because there should be a massive uh, undertaking of of uh, cleanup of both election laws, voting systems, and so on and so on. So I have to give Trump the credit for that as just refusing to to uh, give up and to uh, really prosecute all this fairly legitimate looking um, election integrity issues. Uh, You know, the cases have a lot of evidence in there that needs to basically come to light and somebody's going to have to make a decision whether in fact there was fraud and that decision is either going to have to be made by the court or in some cases possibly the state legislatures. I'm still worried that this will backfire in that similar to the way Georgia needed new election gear and they picked something that was expensive and unauditable. I worry that this will ultimately be taken out of the hands of the states, that this this debacle will be an excuse to make things worse, not better. But that's just my cynical side talking. And you don't have to speculate on that. I do. I well, do fear well, that, though, especially if well, Trump doesn't win. Well, well, history history is on your side, Monica. I mean, if you look, <laughs> if you look at the past, that's basically exactly what happened in Georgia. You know, we we had um, uh, basically seventeen years of this unverifiable voting system. We said it was unconstitutional. I said it was all and wrote it as being unconstitutional back in two thousand two. It took seventeen years for the U.S. District Court to agree that the machines were unconstitutional and they were banned um, for future use. But then, to your point, uh, you know, the Secretary of State and the legislature uh, went out and got another system that is uh, almost equally as bad, and then they subverted uh, the procedures uh, to make it even worse. The audit procedures and the recount procedures are all uh, subverted. So mostly recounts and audits are, are meaningless. Um, so yeah, it would keep living the same nightmare. And the question is, will we live it again? Will things really get better? Or will they uh, just, we will just have another version of the same problems? I'm, I'm actually so cynical or suspicious that I wonder, I think back on the Kemp and Raffensperger election that put them in. And this is such a big deal. And I I can't, you know, if your guy won for secretary of state, I don't think this would be happening right now. 
Well, uh, right. Um, <laughs> I don't think Brad was anybody's first choice for Secretary of State, either Republicans or Democrats. Um, so he, he wasn't very knowledgeable about the office when he started to run. Um, but we did. Uh, of course, we've met with, uh, we met with the governor when he was Secretary of State, you know, Brian Kemp. Uh, and we uh, explained these issues to him. He said that, well, I didn't run on that issue. Um, and uh, he didn't do anything. And then when, with Brad Raffensperger, we literally met with him uh, at a restaurant, explained to him which systems were bad, which ones were good. Uh, we told him to avoid the barcoded voting systems of any, from any vendor and to get one that does uh, not, you know, imp um, embed votes in barcodes so the voter can't, you know, tell what, what they are. Uh, and basically he ignored us. So um, it's not that they weren't, they didn't know. And the legislature as well, they had hundreds of people testifying and, for the very same thing. And Kemp knew exactly. I mean, he has had so much experience with the election stuff to the point where I remember thinking he was a hero in 2016 for saying, we don't want the feds looking at our election stuff. We want privacy only to discover that he may have had an ulterior motive to want to keep prying eyes away from the election he oversaw in 2016. So these he, he was like the worst choice for somebody for election integrity in Georgia, I would think. But yeah, exactly right about the ulterior motive. Yeah, as you said, you know, of course, the Constitution allows states to uh, to determine the time, place, and manner for conducting elections. Um, but I, I do uh, think there may have been an ulterior motive there, like you're saying, Monica. Is there? I haven't seen any evidence of this. I, I've heard, and I'm wondering if you've seen any evidence of it. But I've heard people start accusing Kemp of being paid off by Chinese interests. I haven't seen evidence of that. Is there anything to this claim then from what you know? So the claim uh, is, and I, I, I can't comment one way or the other, but the claim is that when uh, the virus uh, started, the, he purchased a lot of, um, a lot of gear from uh, China. And the question has come up as to why couldn't he get that that in in the United States? Why did he have to go to China to get it? And there are he does have some um, family connections, which I just found out recently. Um, that um, let's say have, have business interests in China and vice versa. So uh, there is something to the claim for sure. Uh, I don't know. Now, he might argue he couldn't get the material uh, to combat the Wuhan virus from anywhere else, um, you know, masks and that sort of thing. Uh, I haven't really heard his side of it yet. Yeah. But I, th I think the claim is, is uh, legitimate but unproven, if that makes sense. Yeah. I saw in the article that you sent out of uh, describing Sidney Powell's case and argument all over that was that China and Iran interfered in the election, which cracks me up because it was Russia last time, you know, pick your boogeyman. But what did you make of that? Is that an important element of her argument or is that just uh, something put in there, whether true, you know, which may be true, but has that kind of alarms people into paying attention? 
Yeah, um, so Monica, I think, and I, again, I, I don't know all, all the details about the foreign interference, but I, uh, I think it's kind of like the Russian, uh, well, I guess we call it the Russian hoax. Yeah. So we know that yeah. Russia, for example, the Russian, we know that Russia had some social media uh, going on that might be uh, might benefit Trump, but they didn't uh, manipulate election results, which is what the uh, the news media, the other news media, led us to believe. So I think the same is true here. I think that uh, Iran and China made it play an indirect role in in uh, you know in election. Uh, um, you know, propaganda, that sort of thing. But I don't see them as playing a role in the actual counting of the votes in any way. That, that would be an inside job. It's interesting. Inside job, I, I totally believe. And until people are more familiar with the history of election interference, which is that every country with the resources attempts to interfere in every other country's election every single time for the past however long any country's been doing an election. I mean, countries are always trying to propagandize other countries, and they're always trying to influence who they elect as their leaders. Until people realize that that's the norm instead of out of the ordinary, then this is an excuse that can be used every single election they could, they could, they could be an inside job, and they could just blame it on whatever country they want to try and pin it on. Uh, Is that how you see things, Garland? Do you feel yeah. like people are always kind of just trying to promote their interests? Well, uh, right. So we know, uh, for example, that the CIA, of course, has been going around the world and uh, interfering with elections in in third world countries for decades. Um, but here is something we do know that's interesting, uh, Monica, that we didn't know last week, and that is in regards to an inside job. So the Dominion's Eric Coomer is the Vice President of Systems uh, Security and Strategy. Uh, he, uh, was, he holds several patents on the Dominion software, and he was the defense expert witness in the Curling v. Raffensperger lawsuit here in Georgia, which is where two sets of plaintiffs are seeking to permanently ban the Dominion voting machines uh, here in Georgia. So Eric Coomer um, was actually recorded on a conference call with Antifa members saying that he has made sure that Donald Trump will not win the election. And his social media posts that they pulled up were just... Uh, blatantly uh, foul language uh, and uh, in his opinion of the president it was just unbelievably uh, he, he's actually the consummate Trump hater so consummate Trump hater he brags uh, on a recorded call that he's managed to make sure that Trump is going to lose the election um, and then he actually seems to have delivered on that promise so uh, that and he certainly in the capability he has the capability and the power to do that holding the two of the at least a couple of the software patents on Dominion software which is being used in in fact all of the battleground states is this recording online still um, the uh, One American News Network did a nice expose on it and as, as other networks have done it before but I think you can see the uh, I think you can hear that uh, on their on their report, and they certainly have also pulled his social media posts from the past. 
Um, but I believe that uh, Sydney does have that audio recording. I think she, I think they have that. Um, don't know if they'll use it, but um, and certainly his social media posts uh, can be found as well. So it is unbelievable. I'm having, his position. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks of uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page's text message <laughs> interchange right. saying that they would take care of the election in favor of Trump right. back in 2016. Yeah, so, except they, they didn't have the power to do it, but Coomer actually does. Here's yeah. a question. So uh, how much was it, 350 or $500 million, this new voting system that they recently implemented in Georgia? How much was that? Yeah. Yeah, so so the initial cost was a hundred. There's a lot more initial cost that the counties bore, uh, and they are going to bear another hundred and fifty-two million over ten years. So I would guess the total outlay would be uh, close to three hundred. We had paid it at about two fifty, but then you have interest on the bond on top of that because the, the state took out a bond, uh, which is a twenty-year bond for equipment that has a shelf life of ten years. So that <laughs> basic mismatch yeah, that, of funds duration. So how much yes. of that does Dominion get? Well. Um, most of it, really, Monica, because that's you got the initial purchase, you got maintenance, license fees, uh, Dominion supplying the tax, um, hardware upgrades. So, so it's you know, not almost, just the software. Dominion doesn't just provide the software. Right. It's a it's a complete solution. Right. That they're that they're providing the consulting, education, uh, hardware, software, initial purchase, ongoing maintenance, licensing, uh, testing, support. Um, it's 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 a huge. It's the largest contract that's ever been signed for electronic voting uh, or any kind of voting for that matter in in America. In America, and it's a disaster. Hey, how is all this coming out for the Senate race? Do you feel like the recount, the audit, any of that is is changing? It's just such a tiny margin that would get Purdue over the finish line. Is that are we getting any closer to that? You think? Um, yeah, it's a good question, uh, Monica. You know, if, if they found it, if they found invalid ballots, um, that could possibly impact um, David Perdue's race as well. But we would just have to wait and see um, what what is uncovered in the presidential challenge, and whether or not it impacts the existing Senate race. Right, but it it could it could it could have an impact on the margin if they were to find a lot of invalid ballots and have them kicked out, right? Uh, without with, without the... without challenging the the election, without having the entire election kicked right. out. Right. You know, there's two there's two strategies. Can you right. just uh, negate ball- ballots that are fraudulent, or do you want to try to? Uh, Say that there was enough fraud, you know, that would kick, you know, that applies to both sides and would kick out the entire election. So the I would prefer the former. You know, let's just find out what what the fraud really is and and adjust the totals for that. I uh, think that's the case. Yeah, I, I believe there's a little more. To, to worry about on the Republican side, I've seen these ads that have been put out about Leffler and Purdue with the insider trading stuff. I think those hit home a lot harder than the ads coming the other way. And when you combine that with Stacey Abrams' effort to get out the vote, which I think really does 
get close to that line of vote harvesting, I think there's going to be, I think it's going to be, I think it could be closer than, than people expect. How and difficult. Then you is have it? a whole nother dispute after January 5th. Yeah, right. Yeah, it could right. continue to go on. Do you know how difficult it is to, to prove vote harvesting? I, I don't. It seems like it would be a difficult thing to prove. I know in 2018 they proved it that the Republicans did it in North Carolina, but it just seems like a really tough thing to actually prove in court. Well, exactly, Binkley. And what you have to, you really have to be able to look at the ballots. You have to be able to look at the uh, absentee um, list and see how that's being processed. There's a lot of factors that go into that. And, um, you know, the, the president's team's got uh, a lot of attorneys. Uh, apparently working on this, so they might have the resources to do that, attorneys and investigators. So um, we'll just have to see uh, where that goes. Uh, but we'll probably know something in the next week or so. I think that's going to be front and center in the coming week. So, all right, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, and hopefully we can talk to you again in a week or so. But is there anything that happened sure. this week that we did not cover that people need to know about? Well, I, uh, we're still down. We're still doing recounts, um, and I think we covered the most interesting things: that um, the upcoming hearings, the fact that Eric Coomer uh, promised to deliver uh, the presidential election for Biden. And, uh, <laughs> these, you know, I mean, you never believe that. that. That's really hard to believe. But it actually happened back in uh, I think it was two thousand four when Debo's Wally O'Dell said that he would deliver the votes of Ohio to um, to George W. Bush, and in fact he did just that. So yeah, um, I remember that he, whole scandal. Yeah, so he had the power. I just, I mean. I don't think that these these suits this that Trump would not be giving up if there weren't an actual chance that this thing doesn't go to Biden. And and I can't even envision what it will be like. I mean, I, I've been worrying this whole time. They set us up to get at each other's throats. They I mean, I've never bought dried food in my life. I, I was just like, forget it. Like, I don't know what they've got in store for us. And I feel like the kind of unrest they set us up for for November 3rd really wouldn't have happened. But if they got everyone to firmly believe that Biden was the rightful winner and then took that away, they might actually get that the kind of civil unrest that they been agitating for. I mean, do you have I mean, no, that's further down the rabbit hole than than Garland than that we need to cover in talking strictly about the integrity of the election. But do you have any gut feeling about the kind of bigger, um, you know, game that's being played here? Well, well, exactly. I mean, I'm right there with you, uh, Mike. I'm probably a little bit deeper in the rabbit hole than you are. So so uh, I mean, the, the, the news media clearly irrefutably divided America into these two camps. Um, they are to blame for all of this divisiveness that exists in America. And so what is their goal? And obviously their goal is not good for the country in any way, shape, or form. They are pushing their own agenda. Uh, they've pushed, uh, you know, they're, you know they're, they pushed the vice president, you know, on the folks, you know, basically protected him uh, when he was uh, running. You know, he didn't do uh, any hardly any interviews. 
Uh, he was not asked any difficult questions other than what ice cream flavor he got <laughs> when he stopped at the ice cream store. And meanwhile, you know, Trump is being attacked uh, by about, you know, 80% of the journalists in America with these vicious questions, you know, if you've ever seen him, one of his press conferences. So uh, they clearly have an agenda. They clearly have divided America. And they, they, you know, I think we talked last time about how they created the hanging chad incident down in Florida. Uh, and that brought in the wave of all these electronic voting machines. So, mm. so yeah, they they I think they do have an agenda that is bigger than what uh, what maybe most people could even fathom. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not. I, I think that there's an actual chance because I keep coming back to this. Like, if they're going to force two groups of people with totally different ideologies under this artificial overarching government, I mean, the Constitution does not provide for this kind of, like, dominating national government. Are they actually trying to break us up? I mean, are they really trying to do that? I'm, I'm more and more convinced oh. that's, that that is oh. a possibility. Oh, I am too, Mike. I mean, basically, it's it's. Uh, I'm convinced it's a Marxist agenda. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, I, I just know. think it's that globalist thing that that include that right. it's more fascism than Marxism, if you ask me, because they are obviously mm -hmm. using global corporations to do their dirty work, especially with the virus stuff. Fascism true, is achieved using true. Marxist appeals. Well, it's national socialism, right? So, I mean, yeah. whatever. But, uh, yeah. well, okay, now we're starting down a Good. whole new road. So let's say, let's save Good something point. for next time. And, um, <laughs> so let's, let's do this again. I mean, this thing is really, I, 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 it's, it's not over. You know, it's not over. It would not be, it, we wouldn't keep trudging it long day after day like it this. It is nuts that so many people are acting as though it is. Well, that's what well, they, yeah. I think that's the see, to me, that's the tell that they're trying to get people to be really comfortable with it. So it really hurts. I took I took I was a chartered financial analyst. I took a lot of classes on studied a lot about like investor reaction and not making money is nowhere near as bad to somebody as losing the money, even if they're in the same position in the end. So they could be approaching uh -huh. this psychologically to really get people mad. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm. I'm with you. It's, it's clear that they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the yeah. news. The news media has told all, everybody over and over that it's over, and we're sitting here looking at mounds of, of evidence of fraud, um, and so obviously they will not. They won't even report. Oh, it. yeah. That brings in what they're doing on the other side. So on the side of Biden one, they're getting those people really invested in that. And then on the other side, maybe that's the reason that the fraud is so in your face this time. They actually are trying to provoke the right, which would have been harder to just get mad if they lost. They were only going to get mad if they were defrauded, you know, because they have more of a kind of objectivist ideology anyway all right well all right. <laughs> i'm glad we're we're thinking a little deeper about it all in the same direction let's talk about it next time and thank you so much for your time garland i hate to uh you know i know you give us a um a lot of good information a lot of personal attention we really appreciate it and hopefully we can catch you again next week well, I appreciate you, Monica. You know, you've been on this issue for years, and you've always given me and, and our issue the attention. So now it's my time to return the favor. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Garland. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Bigley.